The views expressed on this program are not necessarily the views of this station. Content is for educational purposes only. Consult a financial advisor or conduct your own due diligence of investing. Calls are pre-screened and the show was pre-recorded earlier this week. Rick is with Edelman Financial Engines, a part of Financial Engines Advisors, LLC, and the investment advisor that furnishes this program. Barron's ranks financial advisory firms based on assets managed, team size, experience, and regulatory record. Firms self-nominate. Investment returns and experience are not considered. Advisors in the Hall of Fame have been in the top 100 for 10 plus years. Future performance is not guaranteed. This is the Rick Edelman Show. Barron's ranks Edelman Financial Engines the number one independent investment advisor in the country. And Rick is in the Barron's Financial Advisor Hall of Fame. Now, here's Rick Edelman. Welcome to the Rick Edelman Show. Thanks for joining me on the program this weekend. Last week's show was a bit of a firestorm, and as you can imagine, I received a number of calls and comments and emails, and as always, I love getting all of them. Some folks misinterpreted what I had to say. Naturally happens when you're busy vacuuming or driving or chatting with someone else while half listening to the show. You don't always get it exactly right. Uh, some folks, though, uh, reach conclusions uh, inferring things I never implied, and that's always sad to see. I guess the best way I can summarize my reaction to all the emails I've gotten is to say this. So let me share with you some new comments this weekend, and, and I'm going to share with you something that is different than I think anything you've been hearing anywhere else. There is something going on, and yes, this pertains directly to your personal finances, although it might not at first appear so. There is something going on, a change underfoot, and I'm not sure you're aware of it. I'm not sure that you see that it's happening. I think it's in the category of the so-called boiling frog. You know that story very well. The gradual shift, the imperceptible changes that cascade at some point into an entirely new environment. Uh, as, as the old joke says, how did that happen? Very gradually and then suddenly. And the best way I can illustrate this for you is by talking about Domino's Pizza. Do you remember the ad campaign they did not long ago, bragging that Domino's would fix your potholes? Well, what a clever, cute campaign. They were arguing that their delivery folks were encountering potholes, and in an effort to make their drivers safer and improve the local community, tell them of a local pothole, and they will come out and fix it. Well, that was a cute ad campaign, but it raised a question in my mind. Why do we need dominoes to repair our potholes? What we are experiencing is the elimination, the destruction of the nation state. It is being replaced subtly, quietly, by the corporate state. 
Let me give you another illustration. Billionaire Chris Larson, he is spending millions of dollars to install a network of high-definition security cameras around San Francisco. These cameras are so good, you can actually see the color of somebody's eyes. Everybody in the local community loves the idea. Neighbors are banding together and deciding where to put his cameras. They're being installed on private property at the discretion of the property owner. The cameras are not hidden. Everybody knows they're there, so they're serving as a deterrent for crime. The footage is being monitored by neighborhood groups, and they share the footage with local police. Why is it that a private businessman is installing security cameras to protect the neighborhoods? Why isn't that a function of the police department? Or how about this one? Amazon has announced they're going to train 29 million people worldwide over the next five years, including a third of its own workforce. Amazon is going to be spending $700 million teaching people around the world cloud computing. It says its own workers, even those working in warehouses, must understand how to use automated tools. Software engineers need more advanced skills like machine learning. Why is Amazon engaging in a global effort to educate people? Isn't that the job of America's colleges and universities? This is the elimination of the nation state, the rise of the corporate state. Look what happened in the 2020 election. $14 billion was spent, twice as much as the 2016 elections. Six and a half billion for the presidential campaigns, seven billion for the House and Senate. In the Georgia Senate runoff races alone, nearly five hundred million dollars. And add another two billion for state and local elections. All told, sixteen billion was spent electing people across our country. And corporations, seventy six percent of them make political contributions. And they give to both parties. They really don't care who wins. They just want to make sure they have a voice at the table. Now, in the aftermath of what happened with the rioting on Capitol Hill a couple of weeks ago, companies have announced they're stopping their campaign contributions. Some are stopping them entirely. Others are stopping them only to the candidates or the elected officials in Congress who opposed the Electoral College certification. Companies like American Express, BlackRock, Blue Cross Blue Shield, Citigroup, Coca-Cola, Dow, Facebook, Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan, Marriott, Microsoft, Northrop Grumman, Walmart, dozens of companies all announcing they're making changes regarding their political contributions. These companies and others gave $91 million to House candidates, another $27 million to senators, and that was, by the way, only 11% of the total political contributions they gave, more than a billion dollars in total. IBM, it's worth noting, has never given money to any political candidates. Its corporate policy has always been, we are not going to support the political environment. And yet IBM has a voice at the table because they're a big, successful, influential company. I've often wondered as a shareholder, why is a company taking the money that it has as a result of selling the products and services it produces and giving that money to political candidates instead of giving it to me in the form of a dividend as a shareholder? It's obvious why they're doing it. They want to make sure laws they like get approved and that regulations they don't like get blown away. And so what has happened recently 
Jack Dorsey, the CEO of Twitter, Mark Zuckerberg, the CEO of Facebook, both of them kicked President Trump off of social media. YouTube canceled President Trump's YouTube channel. Amazon, Apple, and Google cut off Parler, which was a big popular site for Trump supporters. Simon & Schuster canceled publication of Senator Josh Hawley's book. GoFundMe has banned fundraisers for those who say they need money to travel to political events. In all of this, private corporations unilaterally making decisions as to who is going to have a voice. No due process. No arrests. No jury. They served as the judge. We are witnessing the erosion of the nation state and the rise of the corporate state. I think it's pretty fair to say that the ACLU, the American Civil Liberties Union, is a left-leaning liberal organization typically at odds with the conservative, the right, the Republican Party. And yet, in the face of all of this, ACLU itself said, quote, it should concern everyone when companies like Facebook and Twitter wield unchecked power to remove people from platforms that have become indispensable for the speech of billions. And so I want to share with you a video that President Trump produced. He didn't send it out on Twitter or via YouTube, but he used the power of the presidency to distribute it from the White House. And here is a clip from what he had to say. No true supporter of mine could ever endorse political violence. No true supporter of mine could ever disrespect law enforcement or our great American flag. No true supporter of mine could ever threaten or harass their fellow Americans. If you do any of these things, you are not supporting our movement. You're attacking it, and you are attacking our country. We cannot tolerate it. Tragically, over the course of the past year, made so difficult because of COVID-19, We have seen political violence spiral out of control. We have seen too many riots, too many mobs, too many acts of intimidation and destruction. It must stop. Whether you are on the right or on the left, a Democrat or a Republican, there is never a justification for violence. No excuses, no exceptions. America is a nation of laws. Those who engaged in the attacks last week will be brought to justice. Now I am asking everyone who has ever believed in our agenda to be thinking of ways to ease tensions, calm tempers, and help to promote peace in our country. I cannot emphasize that there must be no violence, no law-breaking, and no vandalism of any kind. Everyone must follow our laws and obey the instructions of law enforcement. We must focus on advancing the interests of the whole nation, delivering the miracle vaccines, defeating the pandemic, rebuilding the economy, protecting our national security, and upholding the rule of law. Today, I am calling on all Americans to overcome the passions of the moment and join together as one American people. When we return on the program, I'm going to give you the personal finance advice that you need. Are you furious at Amazon and Apple 
and Google and Twitter and others? Do you want to get rid of them from your investment portfolio? And I'm going to give you that personal finance advice when we return, because the most accurate music clip I can give you comes from The Who. Got a feeling 21 is going to be a good year. Especially if you and me see it in together. Got a feeling 21 is going to be a good year. Especially if you and me see it in together. Money doesn't come with instructions. More of your questions coming up on The Rick Edelman Show. Hi, I'm Rick Edelman. The inauguration is fast approaching, and we can all expect new laws and regulations affecting the economy, taxes, student loans, trade, commerce, and more. What does it all mean for your investments, and what should you do now as a result? Get the answers in my special presentation on the election and your investments. The webinar is Tuesday, January 26th at 3 and 8 p.m. I'll show you the impact political parties have had on the stock market, and I'll also give you the three-step investment strategy you need right now. The webinar is free. Just register at rickedelman.com. That's ricedelman.com. At Edelman Financial Engines, we've been helping folks just like you get through every election since 1986, and we can help you now, too. You'll be surprised at what I have to tell you, so if you missed this webinar before, this is your last chance to see it. Join me January 26th at 3 and 8 p.m. Eastern. Register now at rickedelman.com. That's ricedelman.com. Welcome back to the Rick Edelman Show. We're talking about the fact that people are expressing concern of the so-called cancel culture. I don't like what someone said, and I'm therefore not going to patronize their business. Or, I don't like that corporate behavior, I'm not going to own that stock. We see a lot of folks expressing a lot of concern over the behavior of Amazon, Apple, Google, Twitter, Simon & Schuster, and other corporations because of the way they have responded in the wake of the riots that occurred on Capitol Hill. It has caused a lot of investors to say, I want to dump those stocks. They're calling their investment advisors and saying, if those stocks are in my portfolio, get rid of them. Well, here at Edelman Financial Engines, quite frankly, we can accommodate requests like that. But I'm not sure that you should. And by the way, even if you do get rid of those stocks, is that enough? You've got to be prepared to truly walk the walk. It's not enough for you to say, I'm not going to be an investor in Amazon. You've got to equally agree that you're no longer going to shop on Amazon or Whole Foods for that matter, because Amazon owns Whole Foods. You're not going to read the Washington Post or visit its website because Jeff Bezos, the CEO of Amazon, owns the Washington Post. It means you're going to stop using Google. Do you use Gmail? You're going to have to go get a new email system because of your attitude. And how about taking it a step further? You're not even going to be able to use websites that use Amazon's cloud, and that means canceling your Netflix account because Netflix uses Amazon cloud services. You need to shut down your social media accounts. Stop using YouTube. Are you willing to do all that? If you're not, then why are you selling the stocks? 
In other words, if you're going to make a political statement with your money, fine, make the full and complete political statement, not just one merely out of convenience, because, hey, whether a given stock is in your diversified portfolio or not won't affect your daily life. If it doesn't affect your daily life, then where's the sacrifice? Where's the true statement that you're making? So if you're going to do it, do it right. And like I said, your financial advisor should be able to accommodate your wishes. The real question is whether or not it's in your best interest to do so. So have a thorough conversation with your advisor before you unilaterally or through a knee-jerk reaction out of a momentary anger, do something that may end up hurting you more than helping you. And let's remember that throughout all of this, there is something that truly does matter. The challenges we're experiencing at the moment, as horrific as they are, and I think they are as horrific as anything we've seen in my lifetime, they do bring back memories of the 1960s, the race riots we had, the anti-war demonstrations. Four were killed at Kent State. The assassinations of John Kennedy, Bobby Kennedy, and Martin Luther King. The horrific unrest that occurred. And let me not forget Malcolm X as well. We have seen and witnessed, and many of us participated in social dissent and unrest in an effort to bring about necessary change in our country. But for all of it, there was really, at the end of the day, only one reason we did any of this. There was only one reason we raised posters, raised our fists in protest. It was because of our children. It wasn't that we were necessarily terribly worried about our personal present. It was the future that our children would grow up in. At the end of the day, what truly matters is the future that our children are going to inherit. And we need to make sure that the behaviors we engage in are setting our children up for success. And so I want to do a little bit of a tangent here on that message. Because a recent study just emerged from T. Rowe Price, its annual Parents, Kids, and Money survey. 35% of parents say that they are always trying to, quote-unquote, keep up with the Joneses. 53% of parents admit that they hide purchases from their spouses. 59% say they're using credit cards to pay monthly bills. 72% living paycheck to paycheck. These parents are three times more likely to have taken money from a retirement account at least twice in the last two years. They're five times more likely to have taken money from their children's college savings accounts for non-educational purposes. And they're twice as likely to go bankrupt. And here's the problem. Their children are acting the same way. Their children, who are living in households of mom and dad trying to keep up with the Joneses, are more likely to spend their allowance right away compared to other kids. You need to recognize that in your effort to bring about the social change you want, the social change, the better future for your children you are seeking, begins in your own household. A new study was just released, a six-year study on financial literacy. It predicts the future. This was a six-year study from 2012 through 2018 and discovered that whether or not you'll be able to pay a large unexpected expense in retirement 
depends on your financial literacy in youth. Future negative behaviors get avoided when people have financial education. Those who have financial knowledge don't carry too much debt. They don't pay high interest on credit cards. They don't pay big fees to credit cards. The differences in financial knowledge not only affect your future, it leads to increasing disparities over your entire life. People who are financially educated live better, healthier, happier, more financially successful lives than people who are financially illiterate. And financial literacy begins in youth. And that is why it is so essential that we make sure our children don't get lost in all of the debates and the rhetoric and the angst and anger that our nation is experiencing right now. Talk with your children. And this is why I'm very excited to tell you, later on in this program, in less than a half hour, my wife Jean is going to be coming on to the program and she's going to recite our children's book, The Squirrel Manifesto. So if you have little ones in your household, little kids or grandkids, and if you don't, call your grandkids on the phone, get them to tune in, hurry up over the next half hour to hear Gene recite this book, The Squirrel Manifesto, written for four to eight-year-olds, teaching them the most important principles of money. Because by developing these behaviors, when our kids are young, we can teach them money habits that will serve them throughout their entire lives. I'm Rick Edelman. You're listening to The Rick Edelman Show. Triple H, Plan Rick. RickEdelman.com. More with the author of the New York Times bestseller, The Truth About Your Future, coming up on The Rick Edelman Show. Hi, I'm Rick Edelman. The inauguration is fast approaching, and we can all expect new laws and regulations affecting the economy, taxes, student loans, trade, commerce, and more. What does it all mean for your investments, and what should you do now as a result? Get the answers in my special presentation on the election and your investments. The webinar is Tuesday, January 26th at 3 and 8 p.m. I'll show you the impact political parties have had on the stock market, and I'll also give you the three-step investment strategy you need right now. The webinar's free. Just register at rickedelman.com. That's ricedelman.com. At Edelman Financial Engines, we've been helping folks just like you get through every election since 1986, and we can help you now, too. You'll be surprised at what I have to tell you, so if you missed this webinar before, this is your last chance to see it. Join me January 26th at 3 and 8 p.m. Eastern. Register now at rickedelman.com. That's ricedelman.com. Welcome back to the Rick Edelman Show. Uh, you know, this whole conversation, it's, it's really hard to have any conversation about anything other than what's going on in this country, isn't it? And as much as we try to keep our political views separate from our investment strategy, 
That's not really easy to do, is it? Well, well, let me help you. Uh, we've produced a special webinar. We've been airing it over the past several months. Recently, have just updated it due to the election results. And you may have missed it. So I want to give you the opportunity to watch. This is the last time we're going to be staging this virtual event. It's called The Impact of the Elections on Your Investments. It airs Tuesday, January 26th. It is online. Watch it from the comfort of your own video device. And you can choose from either 3 p.m. or 8 p.m., both Eastern Time, on Tuesday, January 26th. It's free. Register for the event at rickedelman.com. That's ricedelman.com. And in this webinar, I'm going to show you how you can avoid the dangers of emotional investing and how the stock market has performed under both Democratic and Republican leadership in Washington, including historically what's happened when the Democrats controlled all three chambers in D.C., the House, the Senate, and the White House. I'll also share with you my three-step investment strategy that you need right now to help you deal with your investment strategy during these crazy times. And speaking of crazy times, a lot of folks are weighing in. I've gotten lots of voicemails, emails, and such from folks with a lot of commentary. There's one in particular that I really want to share with you. Paul sent me his uh, recorded voice, which you're welcome to do as well. You record your voice on your smartphone. Send me the file to askrick at rickedelman.com. Paul did that with his opinion regarding student loan debt, a subject of conversation here on this show of late. Paul's comments were, I thought, very eloquent and considered. Let's listen in. Rick, this is Paul from Charlotte. I've been thinking about the topic of forgiving student loan debt that you brought up recently on your show. On the one hand, I certainly feel for those individuals who carry massive debt into their adult years, especially if they got little benefit for that debt. On the other hand, should taxpayers be burdened by a student's financial decisions? Is there some other way to ease the debt without outright wiping out the debt? One idea I had was to make the future payments principal only. Set the interest rate to zero for the life of the loan from now on, like what we've been doing during the pandemic. This would greatly reduce a student's payments over the life of the loan. Another idea is to allow bankruptcy to discharge the debt like other debts are treated. Why is student debt such a special category of debt in the first place? My fear is that once the government starts down the road of forgiving student loan debt, essentially making college free, there will be an avalanche of students who simply stop paying on their debt, shifting it to red ink on government balance sheets. This will socialize all higher education tuition costs. And as Margaret Thatcher once famously said, the problem with socialism is that you eventually run out of other people's money. My fear is that that is exactly what we are about to experience. That was Paul with his commentary, and I think it's just further evidence that my listeners often come up with terrific ideas, perspectives, and potential solutions. And I couldn't agree more, Paul, that we have to recognize the serious implications of every policy decision that is being made. And Paul's right on when he recognizes the challenges that we are facing. 
We've had this week another nearly 1 million workers filing for unemployment. 22 million jobs were lost last year, 10 million of them still out of work. 2020 was the worst year for job losses since 1939. Blacks, teenagers, high school dropouts all hit the hardest. And Bankrate.com released a survey this week showing that 39% of American households, 4 out of 10, wouldn't be able to pay a $1,000 bill that unexpectedly showed up. They said they'd have to borrow the money. 12% said they would turn to family and friends. So even if you're in good financial shape, or maybe especially if you're in good financial shape, you're going to be uh, asked to lend money to folks in your social circle. Meanwhile, the pandemic is still raging, and a new study just came out of patients from China. Six months after getting infected, 75% report fatigue, depression, diminished lung function. The median age of these folks, 57. So we're not talking about folks terribly old. 63% report ongoing exhaustion or muscle weakness. 25% are having trouble sleeping. 23% are experiencing anxiety or depression. In addition to the health cost of COVID-19, there is, of course, a massive economic cost. The Economist magazine says that $10 trillion was lost worldwide in GDP over the pandemic so far and what is projected for the rest of this year. Only the Great Depression and the two world wars were worse. Only America and China have a GDP more than $10 trillion. $10 trillion is a lot of money. You can buy the 10 biggest public companies in the world. You could buy all the property in New York City nine times over. And in addition to the pandemic costing the economy massive amounts globally, so did natural disasters. Costs doubled in 2020 to $95 billion. There were 30 named storms in the Atlantic, a record last year, contributing $43 billion of losses. Hurricane Laura alone was $13 billion in damage. We also had the largest wildfires ever recorded in California. Thunderstorms, tornadoes, hailstorms, and derechos caused $40 billion of damage. The one that hit in Iowa and other states in August destroyed corn and soybean crops, $7 billion in damages. Wildfires, $16 billion in losses. In Oregon, 4,000 homes were damaged or destroyed. That's all just in the U.S. In China, floods caused $17 billion in damage, and only 2% of those losses were insured. A cyclone struck India and Bangladesh in May, $14 billion in losses, virtually none of it insured. All told, $67 billion of losses from natural disasters across Asia, only 4% of it were insured. This is why it is so important that we protect ourselves financially and recognize that if we don't provide the insurance to rebuild, we're forcing the state and local governments to do that. And as a result... Municipal borrowing is now at a 10-year high. State and local governments sold over $250 billion worth of bonds last year, pushing municipal debt to $4 trillion. The CARES Act last spring only gave $150 billion to state and local governments, nothing in the December 26th bill. You can expect President-elect Joe Biden to be recommending legislation to provide a lot of money to state and local governments. 
and Americans tried to come up with cash wherever they could. We got more mortgages this year than ever. $3 trillion worth of mortgages. More mortgage refinancings than ever, beating the record of 2003. Tens of thousands of houses are under construction, but guess what? A lot of them aren't for sale. They're for rent. Because homeownership is unaffordable for more than half of American workers, so investors are building entire communities, selling the homes to investors, not to homeowners. As a result, home occupancy is now being indistinguishable between renters and homeowners in single communities. At the same time, new cars hit $40,000. The average price of a new vehicle hit that number for the first time ever. The average buyer borrowed $35,000 to buy a new car, a 5% increase over last year. It's not just cars and homes. Child care is also hit a record. It's now $10,000 a year for a child under four to receive child care. In Washington, D.C., the care for an infant, $24,000 a year. I'm Rick Edelman. We've got some serious issues, and you need some serious financial advisors to help you through it. That's why we're here. Triple Eight Plan Rick, RickEdelman.com. By Talkers Magazine as one of the 100 most important radio talk show hosts in the country. This is The Rick Edelman Show. Hi, I'm Rick Edelman. The inauguration is fast approaching, and we can all expect new laws and regulations affecting the economy, taxes, student loans, trade, commerce, and more. What does it all mean for your investments, and what should you do now as a result? Get the answers in my special presentation on the election and your investments. The webinar is Tuesday, January 26th at 3 and 8 p.m. I'll show you the impact political parties have had on the stock market, and I'll also give you the three-step investment strategy you need right now. The webinar is free. Just register at rickedelman.com. That's ricedelman.com. At Edelman Financial Engines, we've been helping folks just like you get through every election since 1986, and we can help you now, too. You'll be surprised at what I have to tell you, so if you missed this webinar before, this is your last chance to see it. Join me January 26th at 3 and 8 p.m. Eastern. Register now at rickedelman.com. That's ricedelman.com. Back to the Rick Edelman Show. We was sharing with you some astonishing statistics of the cost to the world economy due to the pandemic and, of course, natural disasters. But here's some crazy statistics that I don't even know what to make of them. We talked earlier about how real estate is uh, getting expensive. And so what are people doing? They're buying smaller homes that are more affordable. Have you heard of the nano apartment? That's what's for sale in Hong Kong, where they represent 13% of all home sales. How small is a nano apartment? Smaller than two parking spaces, less than 260 square feet. And the price, you ready for this? $645,000. You must be joking. I'm serious. The prices of real estate have gotten so crazy that people are willing to buy literal shoeboxes 
in order to be a homeowner. And how about celebrity couples? I'm not even sure where that phrase came from. We know about celebrities, but celebrity couples? How about Cristiano Ronaldo and Georgina Rodriguez, the most followed celebrity couple online? 274 million followers, according to one study that just came out. Every time they post on Instagram, they earn $900,000. Dwayne Johnson and Lori Hashian have combined over 200 million followers. They earn $700,000 per post. Kim Kardashian and Kanye West, $200,000 per post. Talk about crazy numbers. Here's another crazy number for you. Vehicle miles driven in the United States in 2020, 17% less than 2019. That number doesn't come as a surprise. We were all at home. No wonder traffic was down and people were driving a lot less. But wait a minute. Vehicle miles driven, 17% less. Fatalities rose 18%. Fewer collisions, but the collisions that occurred were far more severe. How could that be? Well, it's because of the speed of those drivers. The Minnesota State Patrol says they ticketed 1,000 drivers last year for going more than 100 miles an hour. Their record, somebody caught 153 MPH. A dozen states reported vehicles traveling more than 100 miles an hour. The California Highway Patrol issued 2,500 tickets for drivers going faster than 100 miles an hour. And by the way, they did that just in one month. The Nebraska State Patrol issued almost a 1,000 tickets in October for drivers going over 100 miles an hour, twice the normal rate. In New York City, they recorded the biggest number of traffic deaths since 2014, even though New York traffic is known for going so slowly and everybody working from home. We need to recognize that in your efforts to deal with the frustration of this environment, the opportunity to get behind the wheel and hit that gas pedal, let's remember that we can sometimes be our own worst enemy. Here are another couple of scary statistics. 43% of Americans had a package stolen off their porch in 2020, and 64% of them said they were victimized more than once. Fortunately, 81% got refunds. How do you protect yourself from getting your packages stolen from your front door? Number one, be home for delivery. Number two, pick up the item at the store. Number three, install a doorbell camera. Number four, shop in stores instead of online. And number five, request that your packages being delivered obtain your signature so that they aren't left there abandoned. And here's one final scary statistic. The 10-year treasury hit 1.07% on Thursday, the highest interest rate since March. The 30-year Treasury hit nearly 1.9%, the highest rate since last February. When the yield goes up, the price of the bond goes down. 30-year Treasuries are down nearly 5% so far this year. The 10-year is down about 1.5%. You need to recognize a one-tenth of 1% increase in interest rates causes 90-day bonds to fall a tiny bit, but the five-year maturity falls half a percent. The 10-year falls almost 1%. A 30-year falls over 2%. Think about that if you own long-term bonds. Need help with this? Let us know. Just reach us at Edelman Financial Engines, 888 Plan Rick. 
And now I'm thrilled to bring onto the program my wife, Jean Edelman, is here today to share with all of the little ones listening our children's book, The Squirrel Manifesto. Jean? Hi, everybody. My word for this week is legacy. Legacy can be a tremendous driver in our personal life. We want to leave a legacy for our life's contributions to our work, our family, and to the world. Life is about the children and making sure they are safe, happy, healthy, and have a better life than we did. It's so important to start when they're young so they can develop the habits that will guide them for their entire lives. To help, Rick and I wrote a children's book to teach ages 4 to 8 the most important aspects of money. And today, I want to read the book to you. The Squirrel Manifesto. There is a forest not too far from here where the warm winds blow for most of the year. It is this fine place you'll learn something good from the critters who live in walkabout wood. It is a land alive with infinite hues, a symphony of colors in red, yellow, and blue, where animals come and animals go with hardly a care for Michelangelo. From dawn to dusk and dusk to dawn, each awakens with joy and goes to sleep with a yawn. And while I may be small, perhaps you've heard, my name is Wren and I'm your guide bird. I usually share in songs, not in words, every little thing in the language of birds. I know the secrets of every herd, hive, and clan. I watch with care as they live, work, and plan. The ants are fastidious, disciplined, and true. The beavers industrious, and the foxes are shrewd. And all of the animals from cliffs to the sea, there's one crazy bunch who knows how to be. Oh, they frolic and play and seem without a care. But they know a secret I'm emboldened to share. It's a single truth I noticed from above, how these creatures live with vision, charity, and love. I witnessed old Walden, who lives in a big tree, teach some young'uns how to gather and live free. Come with me, he cried, let's leap and let's scramble. From tree limb to tree top and down to the bramble. I'll teach you some things you'll always remember from season to season, September to September. It's great to gather a squirrel digs and he seeks, but don't hoard too much. It won't fit in your cheeks. This land is our home. These valleys and streams, we owe it our lives, our future, our dreams. Some of our boon goes back to the glade. So there's always a place for more youngins to shade. We honor the past and what's been done and tend to the present for what it will become. Next, we take nuts so we squirrel them away so we have something for a cold, rainy day. If we'd save just a little, a couple of nuts at a time, it leads to what matters, squirrel peace of mind. Next, we honor ourselves with the gains that we earn. We deserve a good life, so we enjoy our own turn. We put some of our flow back into the stream to add to the current and live what we dream. 
And lastly, I urge you to others give back. It's hard in the forest for all those who lack. Your life is a blessing of gifts precious and rare. You multiply the grace when you care and you share. The old squirrel looked up and then he said, Presto! We live by these words. It's the squirrel manifesto. Care for the world you live in and act. Save a little, spend a little, and always give back. Old Walden then granted that I share this with you. So when you gather your nuts, you'll know what to do. And if you ever forget, just look to the trees and remember the squirrels who live there with ease. Have a great week, everybody. Yes, indeed. It's all about the children. That was Gene Edelman here on The Rick Edelman Show. And yes, The Squirrel Manifesto is available at your favorite bookseller. Well, that's all the time we've got on the show this weekend. Thanks very much for joining me. And remember, this is your last opportunity coming up Tuesday, January 26th, my special virtual event, The Impact of the Elections on Your Investments. 3 p.m. and 8 p.m., your choice, Eastern. It's free. Register at rickedelman.com and learn what to expect from the stock market, how Democratic-controlled Washington has performed in the past, and the investment strategy you need right now. Go to rickedelman.com to register. See you next week. Providing personal finance advice for over 25 years. This is The Rick Edelman Show.